Hi everyone, welcome back to Venture Poland podcast. Today we have Tadeusz Chruściel from Scania and the story is a bit special and a bit like last time it's not because of the actual technology, it's more about the people, about the stories. Talking about the technology, you may be a bit confused when you look up Scania's website because what you'll see there is a rather simplistic product, uh, a specific technology that helps accountants to deal with uh, all their uh, paperwork and then you will say that you've seen this already, the technology is known for ages and you know what's special about Scania. To be honest with you, I would like to have a thousand customers, a thousand paying customers. I would like to have a system that flawlessly manages thousands of documents or thousands of items per month. Uh, from all the stories from Todd, uh, we will hear that there is a big momentum behind the company. I really like this type of uh, conversations because uh, I learn. I learn a lot from people like Todd and I hope you guys will enjoy this episode as much as I did. Please leave some comments. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Uh, I would greatly appreciate some feedback. As always, I'll just play the intro and then we will crack on with the interview. Thank you very much. Take care. Welcome to Venture Poland podcast. My name is Daniel Czachorowski and my goal is to promote Poland as a great partner for any business venture, especially when it comes to technology. In my podcast, I interview Polish entrepreneurs, startup founders, managers and engineers, so we can all learn from them. Enjoy today's episode. Tadeusz, thank you very much for coming to the show. It's uh, very sunny outside. We should all be playing at the beach uh, or something else, maybe trekking. But we're here. Uh, we're in the virtual studio of Venture Poland podcast. So welcome. I'm really glad that you're here today. Uh, how are things at your end? Thank you very much for having me, Daniel. Oh, things are very well. Just before our, uh, our podcast, I finished uh, a brainstorm with my co-founders. Uh, and the topic of the brainstorm was how to increase our uh, sales output by five times. Okay. So yeah, we are looking for uh, for ideas and uh, experiments in which we could uh, multiply uh, the number of customers we uh, we capture or we sell to uh, every every month. And it was well, very energetic, very very interesting. And I hope that in the next two or three months, we will start to see the first uh, first results of this, this brainstorm. Okay, perfect. Brilliant. Very nice. So how often do you do the brainstorming uh, when it comes to strategy? Is it like every quarter or every month? Well, on this level, it will be, well, maybe not our first one, but I don't remember when we had the last one. Because mm -hmm. in the last two years, we are growing uh, very fast like 10 to 15 times in, the, in those two, mm -hmm. uh, two years. Depends whether you look on customers or, or revenue. Brilliant. And we feel like uh, this, this sales model that led us uh, from 90 customers to more than 1,000 uh, currently is just too time consuming and labor consuming. 
So we, we just decided that we have to, well, we have to go from exec-led uh, sales, if you know what I mean, like sales executives calling the customers, more to product-led growth. Mm -hmm. It's like a very um, fashionable topic lately. Yeah. And it, it also allowed all those big startups like Slack, Dropbox, etc., to to get to their position. And we decided that we also have to find some smarter ideas than just cold calling, cold calling, cold calling. Sure, sure. All the time. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very important to uh, discuss such things because once you have some metrics over last you know months or years and you see the trend and you know what's working and what's not working then there is this temptation to just leave it like that and just you know don't touch it <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. but then but then on the other hand you've got this um, um, a notion of continuous improvements and I think it's very important to work on the company a lot in comparison to working just in the company especially on the exec level as you as you just said uh, one thing on this uh, what i could recommend is to have this kind of conversations on a very top level uh, outside of the office in a place which is not related with the work uh, th this tends to uh, help with uh, like you know your senses and everything it's just fun to have it somewhere else maybe outside like you know with weather here i don't know uh, yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree. Sure. Like we ha we have our founders meeting every month, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, we always go to some restaurant or some garden or park. So yeah, makes sense to just leave the office. Yeah, sure. Okay, brilliant. You know what? I'm actually quite tempted to ask you about this specific topic more than my questions that I've prepared because this is something you know fresh, and you came up with this just you know out of the blue. Shoot me. Okay, so you've touched on the thing that that is very important and we struggle about this as well, which is how to make a product out of our service in a way that it's, you know, uh, better, faster and more people just buy it on their own. So any uh, suggestions for other startups here? And uh, let's just start with what do you do in Scania? So we just have a context here. Uh, so in Scania, we saved the world from paperwork. That's our mission. And we started like a few years ago. And after uh, years of looking for product market fit, we found it in, on the accountants market. We had, well, we still have, but we are developing it now, a platform that allows to very quickly book the invoices. So we automatically process them using OCR and intelligent algorithms. So we can very quickly and very correctly, what's probably even more important, uh, process any kind of invoice, even the ones previously unseen. And that was our main product and our mm, growth engine. Until now, actually, in second quarter of 2021, uh, we will be soon launching, and that's a secret, but uh, we are soon launching our, our new platform. We call it No Problem Accounting, and it will connect accounting offices and small and medium enterprises. So we are building a platform that makes accounting easier for small and medium enterprises and makes uh, serving the small and medium enterprises easier for accountants. Until now, we have been just uh, selling directly to accountants. So uh, we were calling accountants, mailing accountants, chasing them on social media, etc. 
but now we would like to use four vectors. So uh, a countdown to a countdown, a countdown to SME, SME to a countdown, and SME to SME. So we are looking for must have features for each of them. And we want to offer these features in a freemium model so that it's easy to start using our software. You don't have to make a purchase decision to start using our software and to feel that it is, well, it, it's a very, very valuable change for you. And then when you like it, you can either, uh, you can either invite your, uh, your accountant if you're SME, your SMEs if you're accountant, or you've got uh, incentives to refer Scania to other players in the market. For example, as an accountant, currently it makes sense to process your customers that deliver 20, 30 plus invoices per month. But if you invite your smaller customers, like typical micro or small companies, and they will start using our uh, mobile app that allows to, for example, easily take a picture of an invoice, click send, and you will never have to think about this invoice again. Then it makes sense to process all your customers, uh, those small, uh, smaller customers, and not only those bigger. So, well, that, that's just one of the examples. Many more to come. I'm super curious about how to do. It's a very interesting one, actually. I'm really happy because you have touched on things that companies actually struggle with. You're basically trying to find good partner uh, models or partner programs for different types of configurations within your existing customer base. So it's going to be a very challenging task. And I'm uh, already keen to ask you for another, let's say, follow-up uh, recording like in a year's time so we can see what worked and what didn't work. With, with pleasure. I think whoever listens to, to this, uh, he will hopefully understand you know, how complex this task is and how important it is to actually uh, pinpoint uh, all the aspects of the whole you know, puzzle, especially with so many points of contact when you have your customers, but your customers have their customers as well. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting one, yeah. I, I think it is crucial to mm -hmm. eliminate as much struggle as you can. Sure. Well thought user experience and user interfaces are the key to it. And simplicity probably, and simplicity as well, I think. That's actually yeah. funny because I think that one of our biggest advantages is that we actually don't have a accounting or especially accounting software background. So our app is like super simple and it looks totally different than normal soft accounting software that looks more or less like Windows 98 or XP in the best, in the best scenarios. Okay. Brilliant. We will talk about the company uh, in a moment. I would like to take a step back and ask you about something else. Uh, I always do some kind of due diligence before I invite my guests and the tool for that is obviously LinkedIn. So I understand that you have been some kind of involved in a project in Switzerland some time ago and I would like you to tell us something about it, maybe something that you have learned there. It was called um, Startup Accelerator. Fintech Fusion, I Fintech, think. Fintech Fusion, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, if, if there is something interesting you learned back then, that would be, be great for us. 
Yeah, I think there are uh, three main takeaways we, we learned there. We, we were there in a very young age, uh, thinking about Scania and thinking about us as entrepreneurs, because Scania was probably, uh, well, one year old, uh, and we were also like around 24, 25, probably. Well, it was actually a spin-off of uh, EPFL, so the Polytechnic in Lausanne, one of the best uh, technical schools in, in Europe. And spin-off of EPFL and money, so like two things that Switzerland is, uh, is famous for. And we've learned there two things. One was technical and one was uh, more business-wise. The technical thing was that we learned Scrum. And actually, before, before uh, going to Switzerland, we were more um, trying to build Scania in a waterfall way. So every uh, three or four weeks, when my technical co-founder, Croton, he prepared the plan, started doing it. Uh, and in the first week, it was very good. In the second week, it was great. In the third week, there were some delays. And after four or five weeks, we definitely decided that it's not the right way to build it. So then we started to create another plan. And this plan, again, after a few weeks of iter not iterations, but just building the software, we found out that it will not work. And uh, during FinTech Fusion, we were asked if we know what Scrum is. And we said, like, oh, not really. And then we said that after we learned what, what Scrum is, we said that, well, I think that Scania is a little bit too complicated for this way of building software. But then our mentor there told us, guys, you can build space rockets using Scrum. So uh, Scania is definitely not more complicated than space rockets. <laughs> so, well, learn it, understand it, start using it. So we did. And after probably four weeks, we had like our working prototype uh, and our, our technical development started to, to go much, much better. So that was the technical takeaway. And the business-wise takeaway is more painful. So when we went to Switzerland, our plan was that we wanted to build a software that uh, process invoices and prepares money transfer orders from them. So, and you wanted to sell it like as a uh, feature for banking apps. So not like a standalone product, just, just an additional feature. Moreover, we even had a bank that wanted, to, wanted us to build it. Uh, it was a bank in Poland. And we assumed that as soon as we build it, they will say, wow, that's amazing. That's what we wanted. And then if they will use it, then we uh, will be uh, proven for the other banks that we are uh, compliant with uh, KNF, so the Polish SEC regulations, and that we are safe from the uh, bank security point of view. But unfortunately, uh, when we de uh, delivered this uh, software to the bank, they said that it works very well. But unfortunately, there was uh, a change and uh, they have new investor and the new investor changed the strategy for the bank. And the, ba and the strategy change means that the, the board uh, no longer works there. So they will not need the feature that we prepared. So uh, 
back then when we were in Switzerland, as I think about it now. Uh, when we were in Switzerland, we should just have focused on how can we prepare any kind of value. It might be our idea for Scania uh, adjusted to Swiss market or actually any other business idea but that we could sell to uh, on the Swiss market. And probably it would uh, save us a lot of, a lot of years of, uh, of hard work and going to, to a pretty sensible business model. So the second part uh, about the business takeaway, let's say, that this is something that actually came up quite a lot during other podcasts as well. So basically the takeaway here is never rely on one big corporation uh, and what they say to you because things may change the next day. <laughs> so yeah, I, actually, I think that whenever I talk with my, uh, my friends who are also starting their projects, I always ask them, can you start making money in three months? It's not always possible, mm -hmm. but I think it's always important to try to think this way because mm -hmm. it took us, well, three years actually, almost three years to start making money. And it's super hard when, when your business doesn't, doesn't give you any revenue, unless you've got like super funding and super complicated technology that yeah. requires years of research. But if you are just building something B2B or, or B2C, think about how quickly can you make any revenue? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a super important takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could uh, follow up on this. Actually, I do have uh, interesting stories about it and interesting questions. But uh, I would like to come back to the uh, first thing that you said, uh, which was about the uh, technical aspect uh, of um, working with uh, Accelerator there, which is Scrum. Do you have anything specific over the years right now that you could share with other entrepreneurs and you know founders here uh, on the podcast so they can uh, you know learn it quicker, better, or uh, whatever you think is you know important from your perspective right now. I think that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think that's an advice that we not always follow. And I, mm -hmm. I really like advices that I do not follow on my own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to use Scrum, then use 100% of Scrum. Like, don't think like, okay, I've got a very special case. I need this adjustment or this adjustment or, or this part is not that important. Scrum is not super complicated, but there are like number of rules. So if, especially if you are starting, don't think that you are so much, so much more special or like your, uh, your product is super complicated and needs adjustments. Scrum is a methodology that works for so many companies of different industries and scopes, and it's really well thought. So if there was, would be one advice on it, I think that really it works well, the best when you just keep it in a very conservative way, the way the, uh, the creators of Scrum uh, wrote it. Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. Very interesting. Any external funding over the years? Because I didn't manage to get this information uh, anywhere, I think. We had like uh, small loans a few years ago and we had a... Uh, seed round in uh, late 2019 the seed round by uh, shape vc from 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 poland uh, very very nice vc i would really recommend working with maciek and aga so 
and I think that they are also happy that they invested because we're like probably five or six more, six times more uh, worth more than, than we've been one and a half years ago. So everybody's happy now. Okay, brilliant. Let's just uh, maybe uh, close the topic about the numbers of the company. Let's say that I'm, I'm interested in, uh, for example, how many people in the company right now. Maybe you said that it has been growing quite a lot, substantially over the last uh, months. So uh, what's the traction here? And um, is it still a startup or it's more a mature company and you're trying to grow, as you have mentioned, in the beginning of the podcast. Tell us a bit more. Yeah, so, well, there are many definitions of startups. Some are uh, positive, some are uh, a little bit mocking, especially lately as startups became pretty uh, fashionable way of living. Uh, but I think that uh, a startup is a mindset of looking for growth and uh, delivering value in a highly scalable way. So. If you want to deliver something and multiply the number of customers or, or the outcome very quickly, quickly is like three, four, five, or more times per year, then I think we are still a startup and we're still looking for these ideas, especially as, I, as I've told you, we are launching a new platform that will actually totally change our value proposition. It will create completely new uh, group of customers, sales channels. So yeah, actually, I, I feel a little bit like we are starting a new project, but it's much cooler to start a new project on the foundation of a product that's already working, delivering lots of resources. And when it comes to numbers, we are about 35 people now, and we've got 1,050 accounting offices that use our software as, a, as customers. They process more than 15,000 enterprises per, per month and about six or 700,000 invoices probably. And when it comes to um, financial metrics, then we are uh, above $1 million ARR, so annual recurring revenue, a little bit below uh, 1 million euros. So this is our next milestone. Well, congratulations then. I think, you know, there is there is a lot of work in front of you, but you have done a lot so far and, you know, the numbers speaks for themselves. So that's that's great. And I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, we've managed to touch point and, and talk. Using using Rafał Agnieszczak's nomenclature, I think we made Bieszczady <laughs> uh, and we, we are now uh, trying to go into that trust. Okay, very interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> he made a comparison that... Uh, if you are a bootstrapper, then you're like an alpinist. So you you like to go to the mountains mm -hmm. to to attack the the, the, the peaks. Yeah. Mm, but you don't need like a super complicated, super expensive support like people who go to Himalayas need. So if uh, pretty big bootstraps are in Alps then I think that we are looking to, to touch us now. Okay, brilliant. Very good one. I really like that comparison here. Okay, but it wasn't so great all the time, I think. You've managed to get to uh, certain milestones, but something must have gone uh, wrong some time ago. Any major issues and how did you guys approach them 
maybe something from operational point of view or maybe something you know about marketing whatever something for the listeners because often it's just you know one sentence that's going to be very interesting for someone else and I, i'm looking for exactly this i think that one thing that would uh, accelerate our development was that in 2015 when croton so our technical uh, co-founder was building software then me and Lukasz, so my second co-founder, uh, we had a lot of time because well, we were uh, going for startup contests and uh, we were trying to think about other ways than this banking app in, in, in which we could um, make money. And we actually made a research. Uh, we were in 123 accounting offices in Warsaw. We talked to accountants there that we are looking for a countdown. What was true, we wanted to know how big is the problem with uh, processing invoices in accounting offices. And actually our re research told us that, well, it looks like the problem is very big, that probably more than 70% of accountants are struggling with it. And the other 20 or 30% was so used to manual work with invoices that they they just don't know that they struggle. So it was like, whoa, maybe we should approach the accounting market. But then we were so focused on banks that we put this research to the, uh, to the fridge and forget about it for more than a year when after meeting all the major banks in Poland and uh, not seeing any chances for, for closing the deal, we decided to, to take our last shot after more than two years of doing Scania. Last shot, try to so to accountants, and it actually made sense. So after doing this research, I think we should just prepare some MVP for, for accountants. And maybe maybe now I would not be on 1 million ARR, but uh, two, three or four. Okay, okay, interesting. Any attempts to go multinational with uh, Scania so far, or is it just in two or three years time in the pipeline? Well, uh, every year it's this year. And there's a big chance that maybe it will happen this year, although it's June already and our uh, Polish pipeline, uh, both business-wise and uh, development-wise, there's still lots to do. Well, I think that when we will develop the platform that we all almost launched, then we'll be ready to start uh, testing other markets. We, uh, last year, we were uh, invited to accelerate our program by AICPA. It's like the biggest association of uh, American accountants. So, well, it was like a perfect match for us and perfect opportunity to, to see if, uh, if we could just go to US. And I managed to go to New York in uh, February, 2020, but then the COVID started. So like we, uh, we are planning to go to two conferences uh, in Las Vegas and in Florida. Uh, but um, they were online, so we didn't have this. Um, well, of course, we could make a very deep research, and we did a, a, a shallow research. So we talked with a number of accountants from there and experts of accounting software. But we just didn't see this one little use case that could be our uh, foot in the door and something that would allow us to to try to sell to American accountants. So that was painful because uh, I think it's 
maybe not every founders, but probably most of the founders dream to enter uh, US market. But as for now, we, we post it. Sure, sure. I think, you know, it all comes down to the low hanging fruit theory. If you have still a lot of space in the Polish market, you know, why would you bother going uh, abroad? On the other hand, quite a lot of mentors or maybe books even uh, they tell you that you know you need to think globally so you know i i don't think there is a, a very specific answer to to this i think it's on everyone's mind that they would like to go global but then on the other hand if you have something tangible here you just need to uh, carry on i think and and that should be the focus i think yeah i think it should be 80% of the focus and i would just give this 10 to 20% so so we'll try uh, later this year probably okay brilliant what did you learn recently that helps you do your job better so you're at certain level right now you've, you've done quite a lot of things and maybe there is something that you have learned a month or two ago and it was like a light bulb moment and you just think uh, why uh, you have been doing this all wrong for all those years well i think it's a pretty painful lesson, nothing lasts forever. And uh, well, we started the conversation with this topic, but uh, every model of growth will uh, sooner or later um, start to burn out. And you shouldn't stick to it too long. I think we stick a little bit too long with our model. So we stick to the moment where, where oh, we, we didn't totally break, but but the, the, the dynamics, the dynamics are, are much lower. So I think it's worth to um, not only think, because I think that every founder thinks about his company and his future probably 80 or 90% of the time, but to have some kind of framework to quicker imagine how to, how to create new, new ways of, of growing or, or new products or, or customers. We, for example, have the meetings like of our exec team and our founders team every week. Well, I think that we we should spend more time not only thinking about the vision for the future, but uh, every detail of it in a product way, in a marketing way, in a sales way, and how they all uh, connect and uh, affect on each other. Um, all right. Uh, one last question. It is a very interesting conversation, and I feel that you will have something uh, big for us here. Uh, how do you manage your team? Anything specific? Maybe some problems you uh, encountered? I'm really keen because uh, it seems like you have a very well thought business model, but in order to deliver such a business model, you still have to have a very good team. So uh, maybe you do something special. Uh, how do you curate your problems within the team or maybe you have something uh, more than just fruity tuesdays or w whatever they call them now um yeah so so that's going to be our closing question how do you uh, deal with your teammates and friends at work actually we have uh, fruity weekdays so like every day you can have some fruits in the office okay. and i think it's uh, it's very healthy and pretty positive but well i often uh, hear answers for this question that the entrepreneurs had to learn to delegate and just stop doing everything on their own. But I never had this problem. Like I, I always felt that if I can find somebody 
better than me. And well, I have this lack of finding many people better than me. So if you've got like specialists, you have to trust them. They will not be uh, right 100% of the time, but more often than not, they will be right and they will do amazing things. And often the things that you as a founder, CEO, and the person who always thinks that uh, knows best would never think about. So what we do in Scania, we give a lot of responsibility. Also, our one of the most important values in Scania is meritocracy. Every big thing or small thing, there's never a policy or there's never like, oh, that's my idea, so it's important. Like we always discuss and uh, and the power of uh, of arguments points the direction in, in which we go. So meritocracy, the trust, and also, well, cheering people. I think that especially in Poland, telling people that, wow, amazing job, you made it. For us, it's pretty normal. But for people who came to Scania from, uh, from other uh, companies, they are often surprised or they're like even amazed, like, what a positive attitude we've got here. So for us as founders, it's pretty natural because we just feel that, well, it's the right way uh, of doing. But if somebody had the comparison with other companies, the experiences are not often that, that, uh, that good. So yeah, lots of love, lots of respect, and a little bit of luck uh, to find the right, uh, right people on the right place. Listen, Tadeusz, you have touched on a very important topic which we haven't touched so far, and this is culture. I think it's a very important thing that you know companies should actually you know work on. The fact that you have people who, for example, could compare one company culture to your company culture and then they have a big difference here. Uh, I've heard this uh, many times and congratulations on that because it seems like you have nailed the cultural aspect of uh, building the business as well or at least you're trying your best so that's so that's great. You know it doesn't mean that we don't make any mistakes right or sure. that every, everybody are uh, 10 per 10 uh, in employee NPS uh, but mm -hmm. I think it's important to discuss the problems to often ask for the problems. Mm -hmm. And if people will say, no, no, everything's fine. Sometimes you have to dig deeper, right? And I think it's one of the most important CEO's jobs to, to keep digging. True, true. And let's close with this one then. Uh, very big uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate your uh, presence here in Venture Poland Podcast. I really liked uh, today's episode. I hope that I will be able to uh, pinpoint quite a lot of interesting topics later uh, in the blog post so uh, people can learn from you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, okay, Daniel. Brilliant. Thanks. Better was mine.